Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. This podcast is brought to you by Vish, a complete color management system designed by colorists for colorists, helping salons to eliminate waste, ensure consistent color and pricing, track inventory, and maximize profit. To learn more about Vish, simply text in all capitals, get Vish with no space, G-E-T-V-I-S-H, to the number 44222 for more information. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of inviting a special guest, Lila Pedersen, who is a Wella educator. I stumbled upon her on Instagram, and I have to say, it's been a while since I've been this blown away by somebody's Instagram because it is so unique in so many ways. It's not your typical, you know, balayage over and over and over again, really icy blondes with major contrast. Um, She has these amazing side-by-side photos, almost like the Pantone color of the year, you know, within a photo and the most beautiful way of doing not quite a vivid, I don't even know how to explain it. So I'm going to bring her in and have her explain it to you. And I also will absolutely be inviting you to check out her Instagram so that you can see it for yourself. Um, Before I push play, I said to Lila, I'm sorry that this is a podcast because I should be interviewing you on my Facebook coffee chat so that people can see this amazing work. So you're going to have to do a little homework to check her out. But Lila, thank you so much. This is your free time. I'm sure you would rather be spending this tucking your kids in or or spending some time with your family, but you marked off this time for me and I so appreciate it. I'm a total stranger from um, Instagram and you're giving me your time and I so appreciate that. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really, really, really honored to uh, to be here with you. And uh, yeah, no, it's really nice. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) So tell us about your history. You know, how many years you've been in the industry? Do you just do color? Are you a generalist that just loves color and does more color? Do you only do color? I I do absolutely everything. Um, I have been in the industry for, it's 19 years now, uh, actually. Um, And um, I love everything color, everything hair in general and especially color color and styling and long hair uh, i do quite a bit of bridal as well it's not something i put on my instagram but um that's also a passion of mine um i'm also a makeup artist and a norwegian champion when it comes to makeup so i really love the aesthetics and i love creating stuff so um that's amazing because by judging by your instagram i would think that you were all in on color because I told you again, before we, we hit record, we had a little chat and I said, mm-hmm. um, one of 
Lila's colors is my background screen on my phone right now. I am so obsessed with this one color. My daughter has, you know, gone back and forth between wanting to be that blush pink. And as much as I call myself, this podcast is called Ask the Color Expert. And I call myself a color expert. But when it comes to those pastels and vivids, I'm just completely out of my wheelhouse. And I always defer to others that, you know, do it a lot better. I always go either way too much intensity and it's not the shade that I want this background screen on my phone. I'm so obsessed with it's the absolute perfect shade of rose gold. So what is the, is the trick to that? I know that, you know, rose gold lives at a level that usually isn't warm in hair and that eight and that level nine, almost 10 level. It's not natural to have a lot of warmth in the hair and with rose gold being warm yet not orangey gold, more pink champagne warm. How do you do that dance to give them that pink that they're looking for without it being too dark, too bright, too everything? Hmm. It's definitely a, a balance there. Uh, I actually find it, uh, if you have a little bit of uh, orange or gold in the hair to start with, it's actually helping a little bit, but also balancing the color and to it not neutralize, but work with the color you have underneath. Obviously, the best um, canvas you have is white, um, of course. Um, but on the particular hair that you are talking about, she had a little bit of a hint of, she was on a level 10, but it was a bit golden. And how I, uh, when I formulate these colors, I love to use kind of light shades, and then I mix in with a mixed tone and also a darker shade. So I actually had a um, uh, level nine mixed with a level five mixed tone. So that kind of gives it a little metallic shine as well. Mm. So I just feel like you get a little bit of depth as well as balancing out the, the underlying pigments as well. So. Um, yeah, but that's how I love to work. And if you look at my Instagram, I have a lot of colors where I use a light base and then add a darker um, shade to kind of give it that, that look. So when you do the um, the level five mixed in, is it a little <laughs> drop of it or is it yeah. an equal part kind of no, thing? No, no, no. It's a little drop. It's not a lot. It's... Uh, on a, maybe a 30 mixture, 30 gram mixture, maybe one gram, one or two, depending on how dark the hair is, really. And are you the type of person that does a little piece in the back and test it, or do you just go all in and just trust your instincts and have at it? Um, I have tested, yes. Um, but normally I trust my instincts and I just go for it. That's how I like to work. I am very, um, I like to paint and I like to work, feel when I work, if you know what I mean. I'm not very technical. In mm -hmm. As well, when I'm cutting hair, I just kind of like to work visually and see how it, how it works. And the same when I apply color and also with mixing color. It's a lot of, um, yeah, how it feels. <laughs> but I have tested and I have failed many times. So I have, uh, I have had my share of that as well. So yeah. But, uh, but usually yeah. that's where the best, the best creations come from, okay. the result of a former failure that you made right, for sure. Okay. 
So what does a typical day look like for you? It sounds like you're not in a traditional salon environment that you're working full time with Wella as an educator. Mm. So how does that look? Do you have a set schedule? Do you just wake up and create something and then turn it into a collection? Yeah, well, uh, my days are never the same. And uh, I just recently got a new job. So I'm actually a social media community manager now for Wella Nordic. Um, so my days have changed a lot, but when I was working as an educator, I was traveling a lot. I was traveling up and down Norway, also in Sweden quite a bit, and um, a lot of in-salon trainings, uh, as well as salon, well, got it, um, seminars in the studio, where we had, uh, well, yeah, color, basically, a lot of color. And um, yeah, but now my days are spent on Instagram. <laughs> Um, yeah, I post pictures on uh, Wella Nordic's page, and yeah, I'm the one uh, that you talk to if you send a message to Wella Nordic. So yeah, that's my new job. Well, I appreciated how quickly you responded to me. Sometimes I'll reach out to people and they just mm -hmm. never respond, and they're usually the people that you know, people like me and other people that respect their work are the reason they have so many mm -hmm. followers and have a presence and then how quickly they forget. So you're at that level where you could be ignoring people and you're not. So kudos to you for that. You haven't, you haven't let it go into your head. Um, so I love <laughs> that. And your English is amazing. I know you said you spent time in the UK. Have you always spoken this good English and, and your accents like a collection of a bunch of different <laughs> accents. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the first time I uh, hear that. Um, actually, my husband is uh, from New Zealand and uh, I moved to UK to Bristol in 2005 and I lived there for well, first a half a year and then I moved back to Norway and then I moved back to UK and I lived there for another year and a half. Um, we have well, we learn English in school, so we have it from a young age. And most Norwegians sound quite American when they speak English. But I think when I moved to, uh, to England, I really wanted to get rid of my Norwegian accent. So I started speaking very British and very Bristolian. So, uh, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it wasn't the best accent because, yeah, it's very broad, very uh, pirate. It's no, it's cool because it's it's like your own special act. It's a, a really cool mix of all of them, and uh, I'm a fast talker, so you're able to keep up with me, which is nice. My husband speaks really fast as well, so uh, used to this. Do you have children? I do. Yeah, I actually have uh, a son who's uh, twenty. Uh, that I had in the middle of my career. I was, was going to say, you look so young. You look too young to have a 20 year old. I think so too, but yeah, no, I was 19 when I had him. And uh, I, um, I had him right in the middle of the school year in college, Hedison College. So, um, but yeah, I made it work. So, but he's an he's a independent young man today. Very cool. And I have a son who's three. So, yeah, mixed so with it. Starting all over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but it's been very much, I've uh, been working a lot with well, my career and, and that. So it took a while before um, the second one came. <laughs> well, that was that honestly is the reason that I asked you if you have children because mm -hmm. I've, I've had the pleasure of interviewing quite a few 
really successful women and the theme mm -hmm. seems to be the more successful they are, they have, they've made the choice to not have children because mm -hmm. it's really hard to have that balance. So, yeah. you know, it's impressive that you're able to do both, even if you took time in between, which I get that, you know, traveling mm -hmm. is, I used to think, you know, when I wanted to be an educator, I thought everything looked so glamorous flying here and there and filling up your passport and staying in all these amazing <laughs> hotels. And then I started doing it and I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't even know what the hotel looks like. I woke up really early, went to bed really late, barely slept, you know, preparing for the next day. And it was not glamorous at all. And it's really hard on a relationship. It's hard on your family. Um, so you said you have a passion for bridal and for makeup. Yep. What, what does that look like as an educator now? Like, how do you get to keep your hands in that? Well, um, right now I don't do it a lot. I do have some brides over the summer. Um, well, yeah, that's when I do makeup and, uh, and bridal really, I don't really, I don't do a lot of it. Um, but I do have uh, the models that I, um, uh, well, the hair that I do a lot of the time I do makeup as well. So just to um, keep up with that, because there's also a great passion of mine. But then you have different things that you like to do. And right now, I put all my focus into color. So, but that's the way it's been the last two years. The last, I've been working for well since 2018. So it's been very big focus on color. So that's what I do most. And then four or five brides during the summer. Hmm. And do they give you artistic freedom and say, just do whatever you want? Or do they have yeah. a set thing of what they have in their mind? That depends. But in a, lot of, a lot of the time, they give me well, creative freedom, which is the best way to work, I think. But yes, then, I agree. <laughs> it's the way you get the best hair as well, I guess. So. Hmm. Now, you said you did makeup competitively. What does yeah. that look like? Is that oh, something that's like fantasy makeup or just, you know, being able to turn a man into RuPaul kind of thing where it's like a whole, <laughs> whole new face with makeup? Yeah, well, um, how it looks like I did uh, both uh, beauty and artistic bridal. And the artistic bride is when you put the makeup basically on the eye and up in the forehead and down the cheeks and so but it's still delicate and beautiful it's not like a circus makeup if you want but it's mm -hmm. more it's, it's still bridal look so uh, that's quite fun but the beauty part is beauty but you have half an hour to do a full makeup from start to finish wow. so uh, yeah so it's a lot of practice a lot of practice but uh it's a lot of fun and I love competing. I've always competed a lot when all sorts of things. I won Convention, well, Convention one year, competed nice. in Berlin. And that was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really competitive. I remember going to um, an award um, ceremony at Chicago ABS. And like, I, I was just sitting there thinking, I'm so glad I'm not the judge because every single entry was so special in its own unique way. And to be able to pick one person out of all of them, I can't even imagine what that's mm. like, you know, and Naha, all those competitions. That's, that's never been, I'm not that type of hairdresser. I'm more of a, you know, cover gray and make it look really natural and low maintenance and all of that. Um, I, I don't have that creative turning hair into twigs and making it look like a branch <laughs> of a tree. I mean, it's amazing what people can do, but I just have never had that kind of um, 
artistic vision for lack mm -hmm. of a better word. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's what I love about our industry. There's so many ways that we can work and stay inspired. So when you're the one doing the inspiring of others, when it's your job to make sure that that well a page is, you know, getting likes and shared and going viral, what, what is that like having the pressure of being better, being a better you tomorrow than you were today? How do you keep digging deep for another idea, another thing? It's, it's hard to keep outdoing yourself when it comes to that. Yeah, absolutely. And Instagram, it's, uh, it's so much uh, strategy behind it. It's so much you have to think about and when to post, uh, how to get engagement and all of these things. It's so much that you, yeah, well, can tweak. And no one knows really how the algorithm works. Mm -hmm. so, um, but I found the key is, uh, well, engagement uh, both ways. So you need to be engaged back. And uh, I think it's really seriously. So <laughs> that's why I'm so on and answer. I answer every single DM I get, every single comment I get. And I also go in and comment on other people's posts and reply to that. It is really important. And education, well, say what YouTube uh, channels I have, uh, these regular YouTube channels that I go check out to see what is new, what else can I do that's better. So yeah, it's um, it's and so much out there. For? My son, we were just talking about this, and my son does a lot of things on YouTube where he'll mm. look up a recipe or you know just anything he needs to figure out. He'll type it into YouTube, and for me, for my age, that's not something that even pops into my head. I know there's a wealth of information on there. So as a colorist and as someone who loves makeup and bridal and all the things that you're passionate about. What is something that you would type into that search bar to find that inspiration on YouTube? On YouTube? Um, mainly, I go for Instagram on YouTube. That's what I find there the most. Um, so, yeah. I'm just thinking there's so much to search for. Um, but I kind of so, like, so you're saying like you type in like, how do you blah, blah, blah for Instagram? Like what's a tip for Instagram that you're going to YouTube for? It's not air. Yeah. Well, I actually, I like to kind of dig. So I put, I put in Instagram and then I Instagram and then everything comes up and I just go through everything. Um, you know how you're on YouTube and before you know it, you're watching funny cat. Exactly. <laughs> You go down the rabbit hole. You don't know how the hell you go. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of how I work as well with Instagram, with uh, with YouTube. I just go in. I start with one like Instagram, or if it's vivid, or um, what do you call it? The um, not rainbow hair, but more of uh, like the pastels. Yeah, the pastels and all these um, like oil and water. I can't find the word right now. But like the mosaics and the prisms and all that kind of stuff. Prism, yeah, yeah, yeah. Prism, I yeah. search a lot for prisms actually when you say it. Oh, I, yeah, I do. But I start with one word and then I just kind of go through the whole thing. So, um, yeah. Now, how about you? Do you have a YouTube channel? Do you do any kind of hair videos on No, I don't. This is, uh, this is a goal of mine. Um, I have been thinking so long about uh, doing YouTube as well. But uh, I am a perfectionist. So, I don't start with anything before I know it's going to be good. And that's also holding me back. <laughs> this is something I'm working on. And I think that's the thing for a lot of people. They get, they, they're scared that they won't maybe 
be as good as they they um they want and then they just don't and that's the thing with me and, and youtube i just haven't gone on there yet but it is a goal i really want to try it out Yes, you should, because you're amazing. And I call that analysis paralysis, where yeah. you keep thinking of like, well, I will when, um, if then, you know, you just keep, keep coming up with excuses. And done is always better than perfect. When we started this talk, I said, don't worry about, you know, anything going wrong. We can always edit, but I always like to keep it raw and natural. I'm not a big editor. Like I finish my podcast. I add the beginning, I add the end and I post it. You know, I don't worry about if there's awkward ums or a cough or a sneeze. It's like, that's life. You know, I don't make it overly perfect. So I think people um, tend to overthink everything and get super stuck. So yeah. You should make a promise to yourself that this weekend <laughs> your first YouTube video. And and the beauty of it is you don't know what you're doing yet the way that you do with Instagram. So not many people are going to see it anyway until you get to know how to push it out there. Okay. So okay. don't get caught up in the in the too many eyes because nobody's even going to see it. Or post it and just make it unlisted. Just do it for yourself so that you went mm. through the motions and you got started. You know, mm. take that take that baby step. It's a good yeah um, good point. Yeah, mm. the, uh, the Wella color remover the new one refresh my memory what the name of it is i just talked about it with sonia dove it's, it's um it might be something only in the u.s the color remover because you have one that's um called the color renew color renew yes that's that what it is. okay mm -hmm. is it new in america or because we had it for a while here but yeah no it's a really really good one it's actually uh a color reducer so it goes in and it um it removes the um oh let's say this in english um permanent colors it kind of just unlocks the molecules so you rinse it right out of the hair so um it's a very mild and gentle color remover it's great when you have a blonde you have been um, toning every time and now she's going kind of not anything at all you just want to get rid of all that uh, dark color just use that because it's completely without chemicals so it doesn't hurt damage the hair at all this is really good for a fresh start also for the ones who has been coloring the hair for quite a while uh, with white roots and want to go back to a natural color so instead of going straight to the bleach and trying to bleach everything away it's good to start with color renew to get rid of a few layers of color then it's a lot easier to remove with the bleach without all the damage that you get. So Color Renew is a really, really good product. So for, so like for my hair, if I were to overtone my highlights, it won't affect the natural hair or lighten any roots or do anything like that. Because some of the color removers, you create more of a mess when you use them because you get that bump of the base. So you don't have to worry about that. Does it have a dedicated developer or does it mix with water? I haven't used it. No. It's, uh, it's mixed with, um, what do you call it in English? It's like an activator. Activator, okay. Yeah, but it's not uh, peroxide or anything like that. It's completely natural. It's uh, C vitamin and, um, what do you call it in English? Citric acid, I think. Yeah. So it's uh, completely, completely So it's natural. similar to like a Malibu treatment where it's the crushed up uh, vitamin C and it just kind of goes in and 
opens up everything and starts shifting that tone. Is it something that if someone were to do, I mean, right now, a lot of clients are getting desperate and putting a box color on their hair. Will it break through that? Or if it's really dark, it's not strong enough for that? Um, yeah, we can only guarantee that it works for Wella colors. So sometimes it works on other colors as well, but it's not something we can go out and say this, this is what it does. So, um, but it would probably help. <laughs> Start the process. Yeah. yeah. And on, on that note, do you do much corrective work or do you do more just, you know, fashion, Instagram worthy, beautiful transformations that aren't necessarily corrections. Well, I guess everything really is kind of a correction when you're doing that kind of color. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of the time it is. Um, but um, both yes, yes and no, that depends a lot really. But I choose my models carefully. Um, I don't have a lot of time to do models. So um, unless it's a task that I'm given, um, because we have that, we have different classes we have to go through just to keep us up to date. So, but on a regular basis, yeah, no, not a lot. But I love that part. When I was working on salon, that's what I, what I, I did a lot of. Mm, I love a good challenge, for sure. So do you have any kind of fun tip for corrective work that's maybe something that you've picked up along the way that could help somebody else that they may not even think about or know about? What would be like your number one corrective tip? Um, just, yeah, check the substrate, make sure that the hair can handle it, first of all. Uh, find out where you wanna go. Do not give too many uh, promises to your clients. So it's a good thing, just make sure that you can keep what you promise and over-promise. Um, well, not over-promise, what am I trying to say here? Uh, promise less than you can do, so mm, always, your client yeah. will be, wow, <laughs> of, uh, disappointed. So, um, but yeah. So for the models that you do, how do you find your models? Do you advertise for them? Does Wella find them for you? How do you find the people that you're going to work on? Uh, I advertise. Uh, it's a Facebook page here in um, in Oslo called Hair Models Oslo, just in Norwegian. But um, I find a lot of models there, and I have a lot of friends that are very nice. <laughs> Leave their hair in my hands so I can get what to do what I want, which is great. So yeah, nice. Mm. Very nice. Um, I just thought of another question that just went out of my head. Mm. When you said, oh, photography. Do you do yep. all of your own photos of your work for your Instagram or do you have somebody that you set up a studio and do them all in one day? Mm, I always do it myself. Mm. I love that part as well. Uh, I think anything that's kind of creative and um, like composition, I like to work with composition and find angles and so uh, I do a lot of photography as well. That's also uh, one of the things I want to do with my inspiration pictures. Some of them are my own work, but uh, others I find on um, on Flash, which is a really good place to find inspiration pictures. So, um, but yeah, that's also something I love doing, photography. Mm. And what about hashtags? I know the rules change all the time. Um, what is your advice for someone who wants to get to a, a higher level of followers and get some interaction? Uh, what is the current thing to do with hashtags? I know for a while it was those dots. 
all separated. And then they said, no, don't do that anymore. And then it was, you know, make sure that the hashtag has something to do with what's in the photo or Instagram, you know, will punish you if it has nothing to do with it. <laughs> um, tagging different restaurants or bars and, you know, what is the current thing to do for that? Uh, hashtags is also a strategy. Um, I use uh, different apps. Uh, right now I'm using Flick, which is a really good app where you can uh, group your hashtags. And it's also, it's really good to use both big and small hashtags and also some in the middle. It's always a good idea to have them relating to your post because the hashtags are basically search words. If you hashtag love my life or right. say you have a picture of a cat, you hashtag dog, no one's going to click past it. And Instagram also going to, well, yeah, as you said, punish you for, for hashtagging wrong because people won't see what you actually have there. So uh, use hashtags that are relevant for the posts. Use big and small hashtags. Uh, and use 30, which is the maximum. So, so it's still uh, the same with that. Can you repeat the name of the thing that you use? You got you got a little cut off when you said that. Okay, flick tech. It's called. What is it? It's um, it's an app. It's also a desktop uh, app. How do you spell it? Because every time you say it, you get cut off of your microphone. <laughs> spell it. Uh, flick F L I C K. Okay. Yeah. P E C H. Flick deck. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I have to check it out. Really mm. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I group everything. I have a balayage group. I have a pink. I have a purple. I have all of these. I can just basically go in there and just find them, find them all, and it will tell me how big they are, how many searches they've been on these, and how many use them. So, um, it's a really, really good uh, way of using the uh, the hashtags in a good way. And also when you said about tagging, tagging different restaurants and all this, also keep it relevant to the post. So don't tag anyone that hasn't anything to do with your post. It's like tag the brand, tag the model. Yeah. So you don't over tag it basically. Hmm. Are you utilizing any type of contest, you know, for you to get to the, the number that you're at now? Did you do those contests, you know, share it with three friends, tag this, do that, you know, no. put it on your own thing. Um, they, they seem exhausting to me. Like I, I've never gotten any kind of results from them, but I know I see a lot of people do it. So I know there's something to it. Um, mm -hmm. What would you say has been the secret to your growth? Is it that your, your content is unique and that that kind of spreads it around? I think when I first, uh, the thing is with them, um, uh, when I started with Instagram, it was more to share um, pictures, share what I did, um, and then it kind of started the ball sort of rolling. Um, and then I actually won a contest uh, within uh, Wella, it's, um, where I won this Instagram uh, thing, and they followed my account for two months. And during those two months, I started on 1,400 uh, followers. Um, I can't remember what I ended up on, but I started gaining a lot of followers in that time because I was really active. I was posting almost every single day or every second day or yeah, it was often. 
um, I did my homework when it came to hashtags and tagging and all this. Uh, and also that's when I kind of find, found my, um, my um, what do you call it, visual uh, identity, if you know what I mean. So if you scroll all the way down, you can see when I started to crack this code. <laughs> Uh, when I started using the, um, uh, the inspiration pictures, especially um, well, from source with the uh, with the inspiration pictures, because I got inspired uh, by another account, uh, Glam by Heather. Have you heard of her? She's amazing. Mm -hmm. Really, really Glam cool. Glam by Heather. I have to write it down. Yeah, you have to write it down because this is an account to follow for sure. She's amazing. But anyway, uh, I got really angry at myself because I haven't done this before because how I you know I have a three-year-old and um, uh, I used to uh, carry him a wrap in a baby wrap and I got really into these wraps and when I wasn't working I had to have some kind of uh, creative thing so you can actually um, uh, buy custom-made wraps and uh, you choose the colors you send an inspiration picture uh, and then she creates the wrap out of the inspiration picture. That's cool. I like, yeah, I was like, I have to be able to do this with hair. And I was thinking about how can I like, how can I combine this? And then I came across uh, Heather's page and I was like, wow, <laughs> why didn't I do this before? So I made my own kind of uh, thing about it and also writing the, the uh, formula on the, the image itself. Uh, really, yeah really um people really liked it it's always my best posts it's the ones in the middle hmm. and do you see do people show you when they've tried it and and are they able to replicate it because one of the things that drives me crazy about social media is and more so facebook than instagram i follow a lot of hair colorist forums on facebook and mm. people will put a picture up and say what formula would you use on this? And it's the after. And 400 people will comment and give a formula and not one of them have asked, where are you starting from? Yeah. And I'm, I'm just like, how can you even say a formula when you don't know, is it brown? Is it, you know, is there already color on there? Is it yellow blonde? Is it white blonde? Is it orange? Where are we coming from? So I would imagine that by you putting those beautiful, I know when I look at your photos and I see your formula, I know that that wasn't just a magic potion that's going to work on everyone. But I think a lot of younger, newer hairstylists think, put that on a brown doll head, put it on a blonde, put it on a redhead, and that's the mix. Hmm. So have you gotten yeah. any feedback from, from people in a panic? Like, why didn't it work? <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, actually, I did the other day, um, but it was my fault, and I feel so bad about it. But she was <laughs> laughing at all. She's like, "Don't worry about it," because I actually wrote uh, one number wrong. Mm. I was like, "No, this is in a caption, not in the picture." So, um, but yeah, it was a color that's not in uh, color touch, <laughs> so she didn't didn't quite understand what I've done there. So uh, yeah, but. Um, it was fine, uh, but that's yeah, one, one, one number off in, in the hair color world is a big deal. When if you confuse a six <laughs> and a nine, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, I felt really bad about that, but that's the only thing I've had actually. But I do get a lot of uh, DMs from people who have uh, they want to try one of my formulas, and I always send a before picture and they tell me what um, 
and yeah what hair is like and i ask questions and i find out like what is it and can you use this formula yes or no so um yeah i get that a, a lot so and but i do you do a lot of pre-toning for those shades where you're like toning away the yellow and then adding the other shade on top of it sometimes yes but i also like to tone in the color so if you have um i would like to use uh, well i like to use kind of uh, a violet base if the hair is quite yellow um and then kind of uh, move it towards what i want but if it's gray there's a whole different story uh if i want to do gray hair i always pre-tone because it's always a, a tricky part a little bit too much yellow and it goes either green or beige or yeah. just a weird weird color yeah. not normally found in nature <laughs> for yeah, sure exactly. but for the really really cool colors i always pre-tone but never for the rose or pink or purples and i i tone with the base mm. and usually just one dip on those beautiful colors of yours that's not like a combination of a million different things uh are you thinking like different colors on one hair or just they're, they're just such an unusual shade that i just can't even imagine get like i've used wella forever and i can't even imagine being able to get those colors in one step without doing any kind of pre-glazing i'm looking to see now which one like you know the, the most recent one that you did with the yeah. this lilac color yeah so i mean it looks so dimensional is that just melting different shades together i did actually um i put a root color on and then i um, pulled the root color out in places and then i just kind of melted it all together to get those um yeah to get that dimension in it hmm. and what is the trick to um you talked about that metallic i mean you can see that metallic finish in your work mm. is that just from dropping down in the deeper levels or is that using like the additives versus regular levels of color? um additives and mixed definitely play a part in it um, what are they what are they in um and voila is it the um what's the name of those ones that don't change the level i can see the box in my Relight? head like free lights is that what you use for the mix-ins no 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 there's a special uh, well special mix um that's for for colors you have um within the what do you call it within color touch basically the realized ones oh the color uh, touch so, special mix yeah, yeah. okay. it's a separate series that you don't mix in with the others so yeah so that's what i've been missing in my life i've never used the special mixes all these years uh, i love using them i love them 68 is my absolute favorite <laughs> 68 is that where you get that metallic look because i'm gonna yeah. have to do some homework on these mannequins i'm determined to create that that rose gold i may be blowing up your dm when i, when I go to yeah exactly so go for it <laughs> so tell everyone where they can find you because we're not being nice talking about all these beautiful colors <laughs> and people can only hear and not see you so give them your instagram handle so that they can stalk you like i did oh thank you <laughs> it's uh it's really think it's uh, lila Wella, that's it. But you have to spell Lila because <laughs> they're, they're going to spell it the, the American way and yours is special. Yeah, it's L-A-I-L-A uh, -A -A. dot Wella. Dot Wella. Easy mm -hmm. enough. 
Well, this has been an absolute pleasure. I'm so happy that we were able to get together <laughs> and I'm sure you're going to have a lot of people asking you questions once they see your beautiful Instagram. So keep it up, keep up the good work, keep us inspired. I'm going to keep you on my background of my phone and thank you every time I check a text or a message. And I so appreciate you spending this time. So everyone listening, be sure to check out Lila's Instagram. It is absolutely beautiful. Lots of inspiration. And like she said, she's going to answer your DM. So if you have a question, keep her busy. She's going to, she's going to answer and help you get those gorgeous, beautiful colors. So thank you so much. And uh, now you can get back to your family and, and have a relaxing night. Have a great, great weekend. And thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.